Hello, Pioneer League fans. We are finally back with the next episode here on the Pioneer League podcast. My name is Vinny Paraselli. I have been busier than a bee. Big personal move in my life, so I'm no longer actually in the Midwest area. But we are reporting from the South, Texas, to be uh, specific. We're going to have all the coaches on from the Pioneer League at some point on in this program. This week, with three games in for the Carroll Merchants, a couple games in for Bancroft and Storm Lake, just one in for Albert Lee with the rain out this past Saturday night. Sioux Falls, the gold getting started this week, so we'll have more on them as the season goes on. Today, though, we are going to profile the Carroll Merchants. We talked to Zach Larkin, so we're going to play that interview for you here in just a moment. But uh, what you may have missed so far is a great weekend of action. Four games in the Pioneer League so far, three of them decided by just one run. Opening night in Bancroft, we had the Bandits blanking the Lakers by a score of six to nothing. Over in Carroll, we had a fantastic game, 12-11, back and forth. The Merchants got one, the Whitecaps got five. The Merchants got another, then they got three more. It was 5-5 after four. The Whitecaps end up getting five more runs to go back up by five. And then the Merchants, they get two in the seventh, three in the eighth. The Whitecaps get another couple runs to go up by one. Carroll gets two in the bottom of the ninth to walk it off at home. An estimated crowd of about 1,100 people in Carroll, Iowa for the Merchants' home opener. A wild crowd. The Whitecaps... Although they ended up with a loss, they got revenge the following night. Carroll was up 4-2 after four innings the next night in Storm Lake. And it was Carroll giving up three to the Whitecaps in the seventh. The Merchants were able to tie the game in the eighth. But then in the tenth inning, the Whitecaps getting the walk-off win. A little payback to the Merchants. And the Whitecaps now sit at 1-1 one one on the season. The Bancroft Bandits... Winners on Friday, losers on Sunday. They fell to the Merchants by a score of 10-9. They fought back valiantly, though. The Merchants led 5-0 at one point and then 8-3 going into the seventh inning. Well, the Bandits pull off a sixth spot in the bottom of the seventh to take a 9-8 lead, but the Merchants getting two in the ninth and leaving Bancroft with a 10-9 victory over the hometown Bandits. So that's how we got to where we are Looking at the standings right now, Carroll is in first place with a 2-1 record, a 667 win percentage. Bancroft and Storm Lake tied for second, each at 1-1. One one. The Albert Lee Lakers are technically, I guess, they're technically in last. They're in fifth as they're 0-1. And Sioux Falls kind of in the middle at fourth as they just haven't played a game yet. They get started, though, this weekend. Should be a lot of fun for them. They play on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, they've got the Bancroft Bandits. They're going to they're going to Bancroft on Thursday, and then they host the Carroll Merchants on Friday and Saturday night. Albert Lee uh, washed out on Saturday. Home opener was uh, not cooperated well with Mother Nature, so they did not play on Saturday night. Did not have a chance to redeem themselves after their loss on Friday. They will take the field today against the Carroll Merchants. They will travel down to Carroll, Iowa, and take them on. Albert Lee trying to get into the win column for the first time this season. Also tonight, we have the Storm Lake Whitecaps taking on the Bancroft Bandits. Storm Lake heading to Bancroft for the game. 
So after tonight, the Bandits and Whitecaps will each have three games in. Carroll will have four, and the Lakers with two. And then Sioux Falls gets involved on Thursday. Like we said, they head to Bancroft then, and then they host Carroll. Also on Friday night, the Storm Lake Whitecaps will go to Albert Lee, where the Albert Lee will do have a second chance at their home opener on Friday night as they host the Whitecaps. That's their second and final game of the weekend. And then on Saturday, like we mentioned, the Gold playing host to the Merchants again and Storm Lake visiting Bancroft once again. On Sunday, only one game. It's the Bandits heading to Storm Lake. Those two teams will finish up their quick two-game set, and then we'll have a couple. We'll have a day off, and then we'll get right back to the action on the 13th with the Sioux Falls Gold heading to Storm Lake. We'll talk more about that next week. We're gonna make this a weekly thing. Don't worry, folks. I actually mean it this time. Like I said, big personal move for myself, so I'm no longer in the area, but had to move all my stuff. Not that hard to pick up a phone and make some calls, though, and talk to these teams and coaches because the baseball, I mean, from a league standpoint, you got four games, and three of them are decided by one run. Two of them are in the walk-off variety in the home openers. So, I mean, in a perfect sense, especially with Storm Lake, you know, they have baseball back there now for the first time since 1940. You know, first game at home, and they get a come-from-behind walk-off win. Uh, a great – I mean, what more can you ask for if you're Storm Lake? Man, yeah, I mean, you got the excitement factor riding high right away at game one. You know, obviously it's not going to be like that every night, but you can imagine that the fans are certainly excited to have their white caps back. Uh, you're going to hear this a little later on in the uh, program, but, I mean, I got to talk about it with you, the fans this kid from Carroll, Zach Ruckman, just tearing up the league after three games. Leading the league, obviously it's very early, small sample size, but he's hitting 769. The kid's 10 for 13 with a pair of doubles, a triple, and oh yeah, he's only drive he's only driven in eight runs, which Carroll's ha- Carroll has 23 RBI on the year, and he's got eight of them. So he's got more than a third of their offense. I mean, he's got they he's got ten of their thirty-one hits. The kid is a one-man offensive show, and he's only got one strikeout to four walks. And oh yeah, he's one for two in stolen bases. So the kid can do everything. I didn't mention in my interview, and I'm just thinking about it now. You know, is if Zach Ruckman keeps this up, is he going to be moving down to the three or four hole if he's driving all these runners in? That remains to be seen. We didn't ask him that, but heck of a player, Zach Ruckman so far. Ben Kiefer, two games, four for seven, hitting five seventy-one. He's another big name for the Carroll Merchants here so far. The Bancroft Bandits, they are 1-1, one one, but they are not shy at scoring runs. They've scored 15 in the two games. you got Alex Remy, only 2-for-4, but the last game he was 2-for-2 two two coming off the bench. Colin Brophy, 3-for-7, 4-29 to start the year. Bo Fricks, man, Bo knows, man. Bo knows how to hit baseballs. He's 4-for-10, hitting 400 so far with an RBI on the year. Two stone bases for him. So he's a double threat with the power and the speed. Uh, Joey Machuga had a big opening night in Bancroft. He's hitting 333 on the season with a pair of doubles and a pair of RBIs. Kids having a good start. And for all you baseball guys, and you know, I'm one of them, a good start is key to anything. It, it's a it's a if you, you could start off well, you know, you give yourself a little cushion for when maybe you slump a little later in the season. Elbert Lee, obviously only one game in. Jack Hemseth. Uh, 333, Hunter winning, 333. Parker Mellenbach, 
250, Derek Johnson, 250, leading the team and hitting there. And then if we go to Storm Lake, Storm Lake, man, I got to tell you, I watched that game on Saturday night. A resilient group there. I mean, they they lost the walk-off the night before. They get down early to Carroll. And they, I mean, obviously there's a lot of game to go, but they could have packed it in and just went through the motions. But, no, they battled back. Casey Berg, 3-for-8 in the two games, hitting 375. Jason Galeno, I'm hopefully pronouncing that right. If not, Jason, just let me know. Hitting 333, he's driven in two runs with two hits in his two games. Also scored three times himself. And he seems to be a target for pitchers. He's already been hit three times in two games. Don't know what that's about. We're going to have to ask the Carroll pitchers if they just don't like him or something. So that's your stats update, your standings update for the Pioneer League. You know, we're only one weekend in. Plenty of time in the season. Five teams. Only one, though, can be the champion in the end. And you know what? We, you know, you play for fun. But as the great Herm Edwards once said, you play to win the game. So that's definitely something that we're going to be keeping an eye on this season here on the Pioneer League podcast. Every week, we hope to have a new coach on, you know, just uh, talk about his team, what they're doing, how they're doing things. Uh, hopefully next week, we'll talk to either the uh, Bancroft or Storm Lake coach. We'll get the Sioux Falls guy on shortly here. We got to get them some time to play some games, though. They got three this weekend. So they're going to be slowly climbing up that uh, ladder leaderboard in games played, hopefully uh, with that first weekend bye week, basically, that they got. A uh, lot, a lot of things to talk about though in the Pioneer League that we talked with uh, Zach Larkin about the Carroll Merchants, two and one start. I can tell you a, from a personal standpoint. I remember in college at Waldorf University, it's called now. It was Waldorf College, and I was there. Um, you know, my my junior year, we went fifteen and thirty, and then, you know, to the naked eye, that sounds really, really bad. But I, I'll tell you, we were two and thirteen in one run games. I mean, even if you flip that and make it, you know, eight and seven, now all of a sudden we're a 500 team and we're, you know, I, we were bound for a playoff spot in the conference anyway. But, you you know, one-run games, man, they can make or break your season. And in my case, they sure, they certainly broke it. So that uh, is not what you want if you're a baseball player. You want to be on the right side of things. And so far, obviously, it's only three. It's a small sample size. We'll be preaching that for the next couple weekends at least. But uh, you're going, you know, 66% on one-run games. You're going to be doing just fine. And, of course, if Zach Ruckman stays on the tear that he's on now, he might be the most feared player in the league come uh, the end of the season, near the postseason. So, Albert Lee, I'm sorry for you guys that you had to have your home opener delayed a week. I know the community has shown a lot of support for this team. The Lakers, brand-new you know, you know, entity really, let alone just the whole baseball thing, but just brand new team. Storm Lake is brand new. Uh, Sioux Falls Gold, I think as the gold, they're new, but the the ownership in place has done this before, so it's not necessarily a new concept to them. Bancroft and Carroll, and you've been here before. You were part of the Corn Belt League. Now you're part of the Pioneer League. So, you know, you've been here before. You've done it. I mean, Carroll, showing out on Friday night, 1,100 fans estimated at the game. You talk about small-town Iowa, and the, the most ironic thing is, and we talked to Zach Larkin about this, is that Carroll, you know, the Iowa team, has no players from Iowa. So, and, and I'm from New York originally. I went to Iowa to play college baseball. And you just think going from, you know, populated areas, I guess, if you want to call it that, not that all these kids are from populated areas because, you know, there's some kids, I'm sure, that are from small-town 
Mississippi or Missouri or you know places like that. But it's a culture shock, and you really don't know what to expect when you go halfway across the country to play summer league baseball. And I bet for those Carroll kids, you know, going into that game, they're like, man, I don't know what to expect. And then to see the turnout for opening night, I mean, if I'm a player, I'm just ecstatic. I'm fired up. I'm going to give my best effort. I'm more, now I'm more like, I mean, obviously I'm there to get better, work on my skills. But now when I see I have a crowd and a town really behind me, man, that just gives me all the confidence in the world and the, and the motivation to just do even better. So shout out to Carroll, Iowa putting on a big show for the merchants. Obviously, Bancroft, no offense. I know you guys are rivals, and I know you put on a heck of a good time too. I've heard all the stories. Trust me. Albert Lee, Storm Lake, Sioux Falls, I'm sure we'll be hearing stories about you guys in the very near future. So I'm not trying to you know, favor one fan base over another. I'm just telling you the stories I've heard, and I'm just going by what the proof I've seen. No bias here at all. All right. Let's get to that interview now with Zach Larkin, coach of the Carroll Merchants. He had a lot of good things to say, and I liked his philosophy of deflecting every question I had about him. Right now on the line, though, we have team. I the like coach that of mentality. the Carroll that's, Merchants. That's a, that's a guy I want to play for if he was the first weekend of Pine Let's get to that interview now All with three Zach games Larkin of the decided by just one run, the first two coming off. A uh, walk-off variety, one for his team, one against his team. So, you know, he's gone both ways on that one-run-sided game. Zach, welcome to the program. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, like I said, three one-run games, two of them walk-offs. We kind of talked about it before we started recording here, but talk about that camaraderie that your team's building on very early in this season. Yeah, you don't get to see it too often. When you get a group of guys, especially from our team, we're a little spread out all throughout the country. When you kind of get that whole mixture of guys, the biggest question mark is how well they're going to interact with each other. I told them from day one that the biggest way to overcome that is to become a team. And there's no easier way to become a team than to have a walk-off win night one in front of 1,100 fans. To be walked off on night two, and then to come back in day three and play basically a roller coaster game of up five, down one, up two, hold the lead. And with that kind of roller coaster emotions, that builds team camaraderie pretty well. And I think that's going to carry us and give us an advantage as the summer goes on. Yeah, I found this quite interesting. You're an, uh, you're an Iowa team based in Carroll, of course, and you have zero Iowa players. I feel like that's got to be, that throw the fans for quite a loop once they saw the roster. Yeah, um, when Donnie um, kind of reached out to me and, and offered me the position, it, my first train of thought was, all right, time to build a team. And Coach Gardner and I, we we kind of put our brains together and kind of went about it in a way to where we were like, hey, we're in small town Iowa. Let's be able to reach out to some of the bigger schools in the south. Um, let's go the junior college route, the guys that really want to play and want to kind of showcase themselves to possibly other coaches that they might see in the league. And we kind of went from there, and as things started to fall into place, you're exactly right. We didn't have anybody from Iowa, and I was like, well, at the end of the day, it's a good thing and a bad thing. You don't get the fans to be able to kind of have that hometown favorite, but at the end of the day, you get guys from across the United States. I mean, we've got guys from Florida. We've got guys from Mississippi. We've got some guys from Texas. Being able to kind of show the Carroll community not only what their kind of culture and their life is, but 
flip-flops what, what kind of culture Carroll has to offer. I think it's good for, for both sides of the picture. All right, talk about that first night in Carroll. From what I was told, the crowd was incredible. You get a walk-off win. What was that first night like? Yeah, it was um, really, it's, it's hard to put into words, but for myself, it was it was unexpected. We had been told leading up to that Carroll draws a decent fan base, and um, it's typically a fun night. But with opening night, um, some of the guys of our booster club were saying, like, hey, if we don't get 1,000 people, we, we failed. Well, we've been told that we got close to 1,100 people. Um, concession stands were through the roof, and some of our guys had never played in front of a crowd that big. And for them to do that on opening night, I think that set the tone for not only what Carroll, the city, and what the merchants are going to bring, but it kind of sets the tone of, hey, these guys know that the city's behind them and that they're going to continue to do the things and as long as we win and we take care of our business and represent the community well that good things are going to happen i mean i played summer baseball you played summer baseball i mean i was the one that stayed at home i didn't want to go you know across the country and play i just you know played it play in my backyard didn't i maybe had like the 30 parents and or you know, family members that came to the game you know coaching and obviously it's different than playing but what's coaching in front of a thousand people like in all honesty it's you don't notice it much. One thing that Coach Gard and I have done and we've preached is this summer's not about he and I. It's it's about these guys. Um, we had our heyday and what we like to call our glory days. We got to experience some great things um, as players, and we've got to experience some great things as coaches. But at the end of the day, it, it's about our guys. The, we've got guys that are from 18 to 22 that are from freshmen in college to, to seniors in college. And, and for to give them the opportunity to play in front of 1,100 fans on opening night, it was more so about letting them take it in and to see the smiles they had on their face. I mean, Nolan Friedrich, our first baseman that, that hit the walk-off, he was grinning ear to ear, and as a coach, there's no better feeling than to see guys succeed, and so as much as, as we're happy that we put together a winning team night one, it's never about us, it's never about um, the wins and losses, it's about seeing these guys grow not only as young men but but seeing them overcome barriers and to be successful and that makes our job really worthwhile all right well let's talk about these guys that are really successful i mean obviously coming to a brand new town you've probably never been to i'm sure seeing that crowd there was like man i really want to play here and give my best because if not i might get called out by a few of these 1100 people zach ruckman 13 at bats in three games 10 hits two doubles, a triple, and eight runs batted in, just hitting an absurd, there's no way you keep this up, but an absurd 769 to the first weekend. Talk about what he's done for this team, and he had the big hit on uh, Sunday to get you guys the win. Talk about his play so far after this first weekend. Yeah, I don't know. You can tell Ruck that he can't keep his pace up because he's a guy that, that this is what he expects of himself. Um, he is, Coach Gardner talk about it all the time, he, he's like our little fireball. Um, we got him actually really late in the summer. Uh, a good friend of Coach Gardner and I is, uh, is the assistant coach over at Maryville University where Zach plays college ball at. And he was supposed to play somewhere out in California, but it kind of got screwy out there. And um, 
he's plays in the conference that we both coach in, and we're like, yeah, absolutely. We know what kind of guy he is. He fits into the system that we kind of want to run. And to get him last minute and for him to have this start, it, <laughs> it kind of makes us feel good that it ended up working out. But he, Zach's a great kid. He comes to the ballpark every day. He comes to practice with just those leadership qualities that, that can't be taught. He's a guy that has a smile on his face ear to ear all the time. Um, and we've got a running joke right now on the team, and I think it'll be through the league very soon, that he's going to be the most hated player. Um, because of the success that he has, he's actually a guy that has fun at all times, and sometimes his fun can, can disturb and can rub people the wrong way, but he loves to have fun. He loves to embrace what the game of baseball is all about, and he, he's just a stand-up guy, and obviously right now the success he's having we hope that he can maintain it, but then again, we understand that, that it's baseball, and we're, we're well aware that he's going to come back down to earth at some time. Well, I mean, it sounds like, from what you're saying, he's trying to make baseball fun again, in in the words of Bryce Harper. Yeah, absolutely. He, I think Bryce and him would get along just well, because he's, he embodies all that baseball is. He shows up to the yard with a great attitude, and uh, I think his performance is a byproduct of that. All right, you're three games, and you're one week about a weekend with the actual guys overall. Who are some other guys in this team that you really think are going to have an impact for this Merchant Club that maybe the fans in Carroll don't quite know yet? Well, I know that we got four guys in yesterday. Uh, those first three games, the challenge that we had, we had seven arms. And we had to kind of nitpick where we wanted to put guys and what situations we think they could, to, they could succeed in. Um, excuse me. But we have four guys in, um, that all played in the respective World Series. We have two guys from Missouri Baptist. They were part of the NAIA World Series. And we've got two guys from Delta State that were part of the Division II World Series. Um, so watch out for them. They got here um, last night, and we were able to practice today and kind of see what they've got to offer, all four being arms. And, and we're really excited to have them. On the offensive side of things, uh, watch out for Michael DeVilla. He's a guy that we got really late in the process again. Patrick Morrow, our pitcher, kind of reached out to us and said, hey, this guy's looking for a place to play. He's at a junior college down in Texas. And as of right now, what we've seen is he's a guy that's going to hit in the middle of our order all year. And we hope that he's going to drive in a bunch of runs because his approach and the skill set that he brings, it's one of those things that it's God-given. It's not really, you can't teach it. It's all about just trying to make it better. All right, I'm looking at your pitching stats now. You said you just got a bunch of arms arms in. I mean, you got Connor Forsythe who threw three innings of you know no run ball. You got Jeremy Thorson who's got both your wins and he's got an ERA of two two five. Tristan Steffens had a pretty good start, I thought, uh, down in Storm Lake, I believe it was. Tyler Buchanan, I mean, six innings pitched. You know, it gave up uh, three runs, but still a quality start. I mean, you you're you. It seems that Carroll's going to be loaded with arms, especially with these additions like you just mentioned. Yeah, well, that's what Coach Gardner and I constantly keep preaching is that, hey, we understand that things might be a little rusty, but we've gotten great performances from people. Like you said, Connor Forsythe came out through three really big, high-stress innings, and, um, and that's great to see your first outing of the summer. Um, Tyler Buchanan, same exact way. He gave us a great start. We kind of ran into that issue game three to where, hey, he was our seventh arm, so we had to kind of patch together. We had to bring Jeremy back on back-to-back-to-back days, which we hope we never have to do again. But Jeremy embraced the role, and he gave us his best. But, no, with the forearms that we just got, we, we've added a little bit of depth. And 
like you said, I want those. I want guys to understand that we want to put them in the positions to succeed. And I think if we do that, yeah, Carroll's going to be a great team, and hopefully, we're we're the team that everyone has to chase. Now I know, like we, you know, it's only three games. You've only seen two teams. Obviously, with Albert Lee only has one game in with the rain out on Saturday. Sioux Falls hasn't even gotten a game, and yet they actually start up this week coming up. You know what? What is your outlook on the rest of the league? With you know only seeing a few teams so far. Yeah, I mean we went to Storm Lake. We played them twice. They've got a very scrappy team. They can swing it. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the summer goes on. Guys are going to have their ups. Guys are going to have their lows. And it's really at what times you see those guys. Um, Bancroft. They had a great atmosphere. They saw their guy on night one or on Sunday. He we had him uh, radar gun at eighty nine miles an hour, but we hit him around pretty well. So. If our guys buy into our system and continually just work on themselves to get better, I don't know if there's anybody that's ever going to intimidate us or scare us, but no, we're excited to see Sioux Falls this weekend. Um, and then obviously tomorrow we open up with Albert Lee, so we get to see them and see what they have to offer and bring to the league. You've been stressing this system. Well, why don't you tell us and the folks in Carroll, what is that system that you try to impl- uh, implore on your guys? The system that we kind of have in place is, hey, let's let's play baseball again the way that Cody and I believe that it's meant to be played. Um, Coach Gardner handles all of our pitching. He does an awesome job with keeping them on, hey, what you have, what's your daily goal for today, what task are we trying to accomplish, um, filling up the zone, limiting walks, and just trying to get out there and basically give us a good out and give us a chance to win. On the offensive side of things, I preach to the guys, get on base. Anyway, anyhow, um, we've got a lot of sack bunts already. We've got a lot of stolen bases. We've got a lot of walks. If if we're not going to hit, baseball's all about scoring runs. And the best way to score runs is to be offensive. It doesn't always mean you got to hit. Uh, Zach Ruckman, I think we've got 30 hits as a team. He's got 10 of them. So right now, we're doing a great job of walking. I think Mike DeVille's got six or seven walks. I know that we've got another, a couple of other guys that are five-plus walks we got some guys with some big stolen base numbers already, and we're three games in. So it's that system to where we we kind of want to put pressure on everybody on the offensive side of things, pitching side of things. Hey, if we can score runs for you, don't allow the runs that we're or that we're going to score. If we can stay under that, it's an easy recipe for success. Um, but that's kind of the system that we've got in place is just to have fun, um, enjoy yourselves, enjoy the summer, and. And go back to your programs in the fall, a better ball player than what you came into the summer as. Now, I'm not saying I'm an analytics guy, but I'm saying the numbers definitely back up your argument. You got 29 walks to 26 strikeouts. Anytime, anytime I feel like you're even on the strikeout to walk ratio, you're doing good, but you guys actually have more walks than strikeouts. And then the OBP department, you guys are on base 44, 45% of the time. And I think, you know, I'm a baseball guy. I think you would say, you know, if, if you're going to be on base half the time, I think you take that. Absolutely. The name of the game is get on base. I think the movie a few years back, Moneyball, really embraced that. It's, nowadays, you see the professional game going to, hey, this guy might hit under 200, but he might hit 45 home run. To me, I, I don't believe in that. I don't think that's how baseball is meant to be played, especially um, at some of the levels that, that we see. We don't, we're not going to get that guy that's going to hit 30 home runs and hit 300. That's, that's just not the case. Those guys... So they're a little bit special, and they're going on to play at bigger and better places. Baseball right now, it needs to revert back to what I call the old-school game. Get on base, and if we can try to score one run an inning, 
we're going to be really successful. Um, with the staff that we have and the depth that we have, if we can score nine runs for them, we should win 95% of the time. Um, and so with that, we're going to do a good job of taking our walks. We're not going to try to expand our zone and be overly aggressive. We're going to do a good job with sacking bunts. And we're going to do a good job stealing bases. So I heard you mention bunts. I asked Coach uh, Schumacher from Albert Lee when I talked to him a few weeks ago, what is your, uh, how should I put this, your theory or your method on bunting? Because I know all the numbers are trying to kill bunting. I personally love it, mainly because that's probably half the time I got on base I would bunt. But what is your philosophy on bunting? I mean, you, I think you have to be able to bunt. I, we don't win that ball game on Sunday if we don't bunt. Um, ben Kiefer did a great job of getting on in the ninth inning, drawing a walk. And we followed it up. Bradley Sanford threw down a bunt. They threw it away. Next guy up, Mitch McAllister throws down a bunt. We get on base again. So now we've got bases loaded with no outs, and we didn't have to swing a bat. Um, it's, it's one of those things nowadays that the coaches that don't think that bunting is important, they forget about it. And when they forget about it, big innings happen. So I'm all about putting pressure on a team and being able to utilize team speed, which we have a ton of. Bunting is going to be huge in our game, and I think that in all in all areas across the board, bunting is a part of it. Now, like I said, you get the program pro, or the pro game when guys can leave the yard at will and they can sit back and hit forty home runs. You can debate that all you want, but for the level that we're at, I need guys to move up, move up ninety feet because they're ninety feet closer to scoring a run. I know you said you didn't want to make this about you. Your glory days are you know behind you for what you said, but I got to ask. Tell us, and you know, people at home and Carol, tell us about your baseball background and where you came from and how you got to this position here coaching. Oh, uh, yeah. I played four years at Truman State University. It's a, two year, or it's a, it's a Division two school in Kirksville, Missouri, um, part of the Great Lakes Valley Conference. Uh, I was a four-year starter there. I played basically everywhere on the infield. Uh, I hit leadoff for four years. Um, I guess if there's a niche, and I have to be boastful for a second, uh, I hold the whole time career stolen base record. So that's kind of where my philosophy and where my ideas of the game come from. Is I like to put pressure on guys. I like to get on base and be able to run. Um, but my senior year, uh, I was blessed to play with a group of guys to where we made the Division II World Series, which is held in Cary, North Carolina. Um, and it was probably the coolest experience in my life. Um, being able to culminate four years of ending basically at the top of the peak that you could get at. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Like, yeah, like you said, this summer I, I get it. Everyone wants to know about who's running the show and everything. But my attention's focused on all the guys, and I hope that everybody else understands that as well. All right. Uh, last thing, we'll get you out of here. How, how many games do you have this week? I don't have the schedule in front of me. I know you got Elberly Wednesday. Yeah, we've got Albert Wednesday, and we've got Sioux Falls at their place Friday and Saturday. All right, so three games on the weekend. What do you? How do you prepare your guys for a three-game set here uh, in you know Wednesday, Friday, Saturday? Just take each day as it comes. I think that we we've got a good spot in place um, right now that we get to play in front of the home crowd again on Wednesday. We could take Thursday as a day that we get a fine-tune anything that we may need to get a good little practice in. And then we'll hit the road Friday for Sioux Falls. And, I mean, it's always fun to play on the road. The more successful teams all across all sports, um, if you can win on the road, 
you're going to be pretty successful. So I know that our guys are they're taking in the whole road warrior and travel thing pretty well. Um, and we're looking forward to just playing our game. We're still trying to figure out which guys can can do what and what's what role uh, on a consistent basis. But we're really looking forward to seeing these next three games and seeing if we can't bring three Ws back home to Carroll. All right, I lied before. This is the very last question I'll ask you. And I know it's only three games in, so you might not have the answer yet. What's the weirdest like superstition that you've noticed with any of your players so far this year, if at all yet? Oh, weirdest superstition I've seen with guys. Uh, you've got the typical don't touch the, the foul line, but we've got some guys that I know, I'm not going to put out names there, but if if they win a game or if they have a good day, um, they're going to wear the exact same thing, regardless of how bad it may smell. So um, <laughs> that's a superstition that, hey, if that works for them, great, but hey, stay away from me. Okay. See, I, I'm, I'm sure as you go on the season, you might see something weirder, especially if you go on the road, like an overnight trip, which I believe is coming up with Sioux Falls. You might see some weird things. Obviously, as you know, being on the road for four years at Truman State. But, uh, yeah, Zach, thank you for joining us today, and we'll hopefully uh, have you on again shortly, and uh, good luck this weekend. Hey, Benny, I appreciate your time. All right, that was Zach Larkin of the Carroll Merchants joining us here on the Pioneer League podcast. Like I said, he deflected my questions. When I, when I tried to make it about him, he gave us, yes, his background. That's easy to do. Everyone gives you the background. But, you know, he gave all the, all the glory and all the good, you know, all the good vibes toward his players because, obviously, they are the ones that play the game. They are the ones that go out there and, you know, make these big plays. They hit walk-off singles. They get these big hits in clutch situations. They're the ones that go out there and do it. And, you know, we wouldn't have nearly, I mean, if it wasn't for these players, we wouldn't have anything. You know, we'd be just a bunch of older, you know, former players just, you know, reminiscing about the good the good old days, the glory days, as, you know, some of us like to call them. And, you know, these guys just giving us some life here in the summer as things are heating up here in the beginning of June. That's all the time that we've got for you here in the Pioneer League Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I know we've been, we haven't been here in a while, and I hope uh, that we get some more followers as the season goes on, maybe some interaction with some of the fans, some of the teams. We'll maybe get some players on here that are doing pretty well. You know, all I got to do is make a phone call, and we'll make it happen. So for all of us here at the Pioneer League, though, my name is Vinny Paraselli. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you next week. We're going to be publishing our podcast on Tuesdays from now on. That seems to be the day that there may be a game, but there might not be a game. So it's a good day. Monday is our day where we can talk to all these players and coaches. So be on the lookout Tuesdays from now on to hear the Pioneer League podcast, a weekly series that we will have for sure for the rest of the summer. Once again, final time, my name is Vinny Paraselli. This has been the Pioneer League Podcast. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.